Good evening, good evening, good evening. Yes, you guys, I'm making quite a few videos today. Um, but I'm getting ready to just talk briefly about how not to take on the offense. The reason you are offended is because, of course, there has been an offense. Let's tear down those fences. How do we overcome the offense? This is what we're getting ready to talk about. You guys, I'm on my podcast also. Um, so you guys, thank you for joining in on my podcast. Please share it um, with someone you know. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Here we deal with the real life issues. We're going to deal with those real life nitty gritty issues. How do we overcome the offense? Father, we just thank you for being here with us. For revealing to us, giving to us a rhema word. Father, we thank you that your word will not return void, but it will produce deliverance in those that hear the word, believe the word, and receive the word. It will bring forth fruit. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. You guys, make sure you share this podcast. If you like to support us, hit the support button. So how do we overcome offenses? The reason we're offended is because there has been an offense. So what is offense connected to? Offense is connected to unforgiveness. And when we and when we become angry or offended at someone, we put up a fence. And we say, you know what? <laughs> Guess what? You're not getting in because I have my fence. And um, that's what unforgiveness does. The thing about an offense, though, is that it doesn't just keep that person out but it keeps you in offense it operates on both sides when you uh when you put a fence around your house it it it, blo it locks you in and it locks those on the outside out so that fence is serving a a, a purpose so it's holding you captive too <laughs> that offense is holding you captive and it's all connected to unforgiveness so Jesus told us, he says, if you don't forgive your brother, then your father won't forgive you. But there's an offense that's got you acting awkward. <laughs> that thing that's perverting that personality, that's giving you that awkward feeling when you're talking to someone, that's an offense. You'd be like, well, what happened? We were cool. What happened? Because somewhere along the way, someone got offended by what you said by your opinion, by what the word said, whatever. Uh, there's an offense, and offenses are connected to unforgiveness. If your, if your brother sins against you, they was asking Jesus, if my brother, how many times a day do I have to forgive my brother? He said, well, if he forgives seven, seven, you know, 70 times seven, he was saying more or less, as often as they sin, you must forgive. How many of you know that forgiveness is not a suggestion? <laughs> it's not a suggestion. Forgiveness is actually God's commandment. He's telling us, look here, if you don't, I won't. And if you don't, because I can't if you don't. If you don't, I can't. <laughs> so we're holding ourselves hostage when we don't forgive. Uh, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 tells us, it says, be imitators of, of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved um, and gave himself up for us a fragrance, a, a, a fragrant offering 
and sacrifice to God. So be imitators of God. What did Christ do when he was offended? He was on that cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. Because offense is going to come. But just because an offense comes does not mean you have to take it on. Did you know that? We choose to be offended. Offense, of course, is connected to unforgiveness. Because in order to hold on to an offense, you have to hold on to that person's faults. And um, unforgiveness is when we're unwilling to forgive someone for an error or a mistake. We're unwilling to exercise grace and mercy. And so when we refuse to... If you, if you be merciful, you're going to receive. If you give mercy, you're going to receive mercy. Right? So God is saying, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. How learn, let's learn how not to take on the offense. We have to learn how not to take other people's issues and make them about us. Remember, we talked about it earlier, Proverbs 4.23 earlier today, how we have to guard our own heart because out of it flows the issues of our life. Out of it flows everything that we do. Everything that we say is coming from what's inside of us. Now, if you had a part to play, say you're sorry. But um, we have to learn how not to take other people's issues, other people's sins issues, um, other people, uh, and make it about us. You made me mad. If you wouldn't have said this, I wouldn't have said that. If you wouldn't have said this, I wouldn't be offended. No, at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, Forgiveness is a choice. And just because offense come, don't mean you have to take it on. If you can get the revelation of Ephesians 6, 12, that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood people, but against principalities and powers and rules of the darkness, we will not take that in on the offense on. Why not deal with the instigator who's behind the scenes instigating the entire thing? It's the devil behind the scenes instigating the entire thing. And now he's got you at odds with your spouse. He's got you at odds with others, your sisters, your brothers, your civil civil rivalry and all this kind of foolishness. When he's behind the scenes instigating the entire thing. Now, anyone who knows me very well know that I'm very forgiving and I get over it real fast. I've had people hang the phone up in my face because I tell the truth. <laughs> um... And uh, they know they can, anybody that knows me, though, they can call me straight back. Because I understand. You know, the word of God is like a two-edged sword, right? So when you speak it, it's going to pierce, right? So it's going to make us, the word of God is going to make us happy, glad, sad, or mad. And that's a good thing because when you can feel it, that means your heart is not hard. But... Correction is going to have to come because without it, we open ourselves up to deception. Without correction, we open ourselves up to uh, deception. He said, therefore, Ephesians 5, 1, 2, we're supposed to be imitators of Christ. So how do we not take on the offense? Uh, Forgive them. Uh, for the, Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, Luke 23, 34. We have to forgive in order to overcome an offense. The thing about unforgiveness is in order, in order, um, in order to be um, uh, angry at someone, you have to constantly think about what they did, right? Because that's what's holding the offense, the memory, 
now they did this and they did this and 30 years later you're still angry because we did not cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts are those words that they spoke that was contrary to the word of God what the devil did we did not we're holding on to the offense they did me wrong it's not about us that's pride when we choose not to do what God say do we're operating in pride and it's our own, unforgiveness is connected to self-righteousness because when we refuse to forgive others, we forgot, we forget about ourselves. I don't know. We say it all the time. We're not perfect, but yet we judge others like we are because in order to judge someone, you have to be perfect. <laughs> Jesus said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, let him without sin cast the first stone. And so like I always say, when I see people really having a hard time forgiving, I say, if you can't forgive them for what they said or did to you, can you at least forgive them for being imperfect just like you? <laughs> you say you're not perfect. So, well, I'm not perfect. So if you're not perfect, how can you judge someone another? In? How can imperfect people like ourselves judge other imperfect people? So Jesus said, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I need, This is what I need you to do because I need you to do what I say, right? The Lord needs us to do what he say and not what we want. Because when we refuse to do what he say, that's pride. It's, it's not only rebellion and disobedience, but it's pride. Because what we're saying is, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do things my way. And it's not about us. It's about, look at what they did to Jesus. He was on the cross and he said, Father, as children of God, we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, right? Be ye imitators of Christ. That's what the word tells us in Ephesians. So as children of God, we have to must be willing to forgive my God. The reason we take on the offense is because when we take it to heart, we make it personal and we make it about us because we don't remember, we don't understand that it's out of the abundance of that other person's heart that his mouth is speaking. Basically, what this person is doing is letting you know how miserable they are by the words that they're speaking. It's out of the abundance of a man's own heart that his mouth is speaking. Can you get that? Can you grasp that? He's letting you know what's in him or her by what's coming out of them. So you are offended. People got offended all the time because Jesus told the truth. It wasn't where he, and, and Jesus really is perfect in all his ways. So let me, let's, let's bust this lie of the devil up. Just because someone take, get offended or just because someone uh, get angry or whatever, it does not mean that God did not tell you what to say that. It does not. So don't let the devil try to trick you by saying, oh, now you see, you shouldn't, I'm sorry about this noise. Don't let the devil trick you by trying to make you believe, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, God didn't tell you to say that because if God would have told you to say that, they wouldn't have got angry. The devil is a liar. Jesus said the devil is a liar. He is a liar because they try to push Jesus over the cliff. They try to stone him and they crucified him. I am so sorry about that background noise. They're out there weed eating. Um, but they did crucify Jesus Christ. And he really was, he really is perfect in all his ways. His motive for everything he said was love. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, he tells us, he said, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down 
uh, on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Why? Because unforgiveness gives opportunity to the devil. If you lay down with devils, you're going to wake up with devils. If you lay down angry, you're going to wake up angry. And every day is going to continue to be like the same old day because we refuse to forgive. And unforgiveness ties your soul. Until you forgive it, you're going to continue to relive it. And you cannot grow because disobedience, it stunts our growth. And it causes our heart not to be good ground. And that's why you're having a hard time hearing the word, receiving the word, and bearing fruit because of the type of soil. Our heart is like a fresh pot of soil. The word is the seed that's being sown into the soil. Like right now, when we're speaking the word, that seed being sown into the soil. Now, if your heart is good ground, you will not just hear the word, but you will receive the word, believe the word. And that word about forgiving your sisters or brothers, like Jesus said, it will bring forth a harvest if we do what it said. God will grace us to do whatever it is he asks us to do. All offenses are going to come. It's just what it is. We have a devil in this world. And so, and we have, we're dealing with imperfect people. So office is, what are you going to do about it when it comes? Will you take it on? Will you take it and make it personal? Will you take it to heart? Will you take on the offense? You know, I started to do a podcast about pity parties. Um, Who did you invite to the party? Because a pity party, let me tell you who's at the pity party. You, the devil, and whoever else you invited. That's the pity party. And so the pity party wants us to believe that we're the victim. Look at what they did to me. Look what they said to me. Yeah, the devil did say that to you. Yes, the devil did do that to you. I'm not saying people aren't responsible for what they're doing. But what I am saying is, the Ephesians 6 and 12 says, can always consider the source. If we can be mindful of the source, Ephesians 6 and 12, where we wrestle not against flesh and blood people, forgiveness won't be hard. If we remember how Je- what Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. And when we're operating under the influence of the devil, I don't know about you, but I didn't even know he exists, you know, before I accepted Christ. I just thought God did it all, the good, bad, and ugly. But when we, um, a lot of times people don't even know they're being used by the devil. We really don't hardly teach about them. uh, That people don't want you to be devil conscious. But Jesus told us in 1 Peter, be sober and be alert. Because your adversary, the devil, is going about seeking whom he can devour. And we need to be aware of our adversary. We need to be aware of his tactics, his strategies, and his devices. I did a a Facebook Live on that um, a while back, the devil's tactics and devices. We need to understand the mode of operation. John 10, 10. Jesus tells us clearly the only reason he's here is to steal, kill, and destroy, and it's in that very order. He wants to steal the word so he can kill our faith, so he uh, so he can um, destroy our hope, because faith is the substance of things hoped for. If he can destroy our hope, a hopeless person is a very dangerous person. A hopeless person is a suicidal person, so he wants to steal our faith, kill Kill the, uh, he wants to steal the word so he can kill our faith, so he can destroy our hope. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mode of operation. But the devil is a liar because we are aware of him. We are sober. We are alert. 
we understand how to discern good from evil and right from wrong. If it's good, uh, let's measure it to see if it's God. If it's evil, we automatically know it's not God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above because the devil will try to give you some good things. He tried to do that with Jesus. Remember he told me, he took him to the uh, to, uh, up on the pinnacle and said, look, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all this stuff. But the, the truth of the matter is the devil doesn't own anything to give us. Okay, he is a thief. He is a thief. The thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I am the good shepherd, and I come that you might have life, and that you might have life more abundantly, John 10, 10, right? So the way you, um, I, the way not to take on the offense is not to make it personal and to be imitators of Christ and walk in love. And remember Ephesians 6 and 12. It's, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood people, but against principles and powers, demonic forces. The devil is behind the scene instigating the entire thing. So now that you have a clear understanding that it wasn't your sister, your brother, yeah, the, it, the devil used them. Yes, he did. Um, but they're, they're not even aware of it. You know, a lot of times people, well, I got this bad attitude. I got issues or whatever, whatever. But they don't even know what to do about it. And it's not even really them. But we always got to go to the root cause to, in order to get the fruit. A lot of times we just like to deal with the fruit. But we, but we don't understand. Jesus cursed the fig tree at the root. And the reason he cursed the fig tree at the root is so it could not continue to bear fruit. And when we go in and we find our why, I had a, I got a podcast, What's Your Why? And what, what am I saying? I'm saying, what's your motive? What is your mode of operation? What's your motive? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you saying what you're saying? Um, and when we can get to the root we can kill it, and that thing will not be able to manifest fruit in our lives. It will not, um, those behaviors will not continue to manifest in our lives. When we deal with the root cause of anger, we need to see what it is we're really angry about. Because the truth of the matter is you was, you was like that before you met that man. Quit trying to blame your husband or your spouse for how you are. You was, you know, doggone well. You had those anger problems, you know, that devil, whatever. Um, before you met that person. It, it's, they didn't make us do anything. We need to quit blaming other people for our own actions and reactions, our own issues, because it's out the Proverbs 4.23 says it's out the abundance, out the issues of our life. Guard your heart for out of it flows the issues that are in your life. Um, what's in us is coming out of us, and we need to own it, take responsibility of it, say, Lord, forgive me for not being obedient to you, because really, that's really what it is. When we're not doing what God say, we're doing what the devil say, okay? Um, so it's not the end of the world. It's just a new beginning. We just repent. He said, we don't have to sin, but if we do, we have an advocate with the Father. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? So really, the sin that leads to sin it's unbelief because when we don't believe what God say, we do what we want. And that's it. I mean, that's, a, that's the truth. I don't know about you, but I just like, I like it black and white. I like it just straight with no sugar, you know, um, no, don't water it down. Don't add no sugar, no water. Lord, here I am. Talk to me loud and clear. I don't know when the Holy Spirit corrects me, it crushes me. How many of you know that it says godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation? 
I don't know about you, but you know what? When you get saved for real, your desire is to really please the Lord. But we have to begin to renew our mind to the word of God so we can live our life like the way of God. To live Christ's like, we have to renew our mind. Your spirit gets saved, not your body. So don't get so frustrated when you fall down. Just remember to get back up. And just learn from what you did before so we won't continue to uh, repeat the pattern. One thing I always said as a baby Christian is I refuse to continue to do the same thing over and over. I'm going to learn the lesson, whether it was, you know, whether it was something. uh, It's always really on us because we make the, the choices that we make. Is the choices that's leading, guiding, and, and determining uh, what we do every day. The choices that we make is the path that we take. So whatever it is that you're, you're, what you're believing is what's leading you. And so we have to renew our mind to the word of God, like Romans 12, 1 and 2, present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to be willing to renew our mind to the word of God to live like God. Be not conformed, but transformed. As we begin to change our way of thinking, our behaviors will begin to change. So be patient with yourself. Get in the word. Uh, people say, where do you start? I say, start with you. Because <laughs> uh, I am the main subject of my own life story. You are the main subject. of your- We have to take the plank out of our own eye before we can clearly see how to take the speck of our brother's eye. And um, so start with you. What are the issues in your life? What are the doorways uh, um, in which the enemy is gaining access? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. What's cause, what, what's your why lie? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? Because every time we don't do what God say, is because at that moment, minute, second in time, we're not believing what God say. He said, a soft answer turns away wrath, but you scream at me and I scream at you. At that moment, I didn't believe what he said. (laughs) And so I did what I wanted to do. Come on now, let's be honest. It don't mean you don't love the Lord. Now, but if we're living a lifestyle, Jesus said, if you walk, if you, if you uh, say that you have fellowship with me in John, but yet you still walk in darkness, then you are lying. The truth is not in you. But he's talking about lifestyle when he talks about walk. He's talking about our daily lifestyle. I'm not talking about falling down and getting back up. If we live a lifestyle contrary to the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God, then we can't say that we love God. Jesus said, if you love me, then you can prove it by obeying me. If you love me, obey me. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? That's what Jesus said. There's, hold on, wait a minute. Now, you know there's no condemnation in any of this. This is a teachable moment, right? Because the day is a new day. And so when we get off of here, we get to do what God say. So let's not take, take off the offense. We have to treat people opposite to the way, way they treat us. We need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Then we can resist the devil and he'll leave us. He'll flee from us. God resists the proud. God resists us when we're bent on holding on to offense. God resists because that's a, that's being proud. Pride is saying, God, I don't care. Pride, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof is death. The devil thought 
that what he was doing was okay. I will exalt myself. I will, I will, I will, I will. I will not forgive. Anytime we're exercising our will above God's will, we have become a God in our own lives. And what we're saying is, I don't care what you say. Look what they did to me. It's not about what they did to you. It's what the devil did to you. Forgive the person. Cast down those evil imaginations. And let that devil know, you know what? I'm not being mad at my family anymore. I, I, I see on uh, Facebook, they're saying it's Sister National, National Sister Day or something. Um, there's so much civil riv- rivalry, fighting amongst each other. Because we got to get the strife out of our life by understanding that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Can you call your sister? Can you call your sister today? Or anyone else that you're offended at? Now that you understand that it was not them, it was the devil using them. Can you say what Jesus said? If we say that we are children of God, can't we act like him? He said, be ye imitators of Christ. Since we are children of God, we do what we see him do, right? It's nothing personal. And that's pride too. When we take on the offense, that's pride. Because once again, we're in the center. Anything that causes us to be in the center causes us to be self-centered and not Christ-centered. Self-righteousness is stuck in pride. Unforgiveness is stuck in pride. Offenses are all rooted in pride. And it causes us um, to feel like we're victims. But you're not a victim. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. That's what the Word of God says. When you see yourself as a victim, you see it as being done to you. And when you see something is being done to you, you take on the offense and it becomes personal. You t- when you take on the offense, you take it to heart and it becomes personal. But when we understand Ephesians 6 and 12, I'm not belittling what the devil took you to. I'm just trying to get you to see who, who caused that person to act that way. Ephesians 6 and 12. Read um, um, Ephesians 5, 19, 20, 21. Talks about the works of the flesh. How many of you know that the devil works through our flesh? And then it talks about the fruits of the spirit. The, 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 um, the fruit of the spirit is the characteristics of Christ. And the works of the flesh is the characteristics of the devil. The devil works through our flesh. The works of the flesh. Every time we do what our flesh wants to do, we're doing what the devil asks us to do. But if we walk in the spirit, if we walk in love, if we walk in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans tell us we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We won't do what the flesh, whenever we're doing what God acts, we're not doing what the devil wants. <laughs> we need to rebel against hell. Can you call your sister today? You understand it wasn't you? Ask the Lord, you know, we need to tear down those fences, those offense and offense causes offense and it puts you at odds with other people and it causes because you're you're you basically the reason you can't grow is because you're you lock yourself in a box because the fence operates on both sides that fence that you built not only keeps the people on the outside but it keeps you locked up on the inside so will you let go of the offense so how do you overcome Offense. How do you forgive? You know, we say it all the time. Well, we forgive by treating people opposite to how 
they treat us, right? Jesus says it in the Beatitude, bless those that curse you. You know, pray for those that despitefully use you. If your enemy's hungry, feed them. You know, it's basically treating people opposite to how they treat you. I'm talking about in a good way. He said, love the Lord thy God with all our heart, our mind, our soul. And then the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all the heart and mind. So then he says, then you love your neighbors, you love yourself. Why? Because you have to love God first before you can love anyone else. You can't love anyone like God without loving God. Because our love for others come out of our love for God. See, so basically what you're doing is you're loving them with the love of God. It's a supernatural act. Agape love is is not based upon, it doesn't have any conditions. It doesn't just love you when you're doing good. (laughs) That's phileo love, that flesh love. But the agape love, the real love, it's not not selfish, it's not self-seeking, it's patient, it's kind, it's gentleness. Is that 1 Corinthians 13? 13. It's not uh, selfish, it's long-suffering, it thinks good, you know. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are good report, whatsoever things are praiseworthy. That's what love, those are the thoughts that love think. God's love is not based upon what we do, our performance. It's not based upon what we do or what we didn't do. Love is who God is. That's who he is. And because God is love, he can't help but to love. Not to love, he would have to deny himself. The Bible don't just say God love, but it says God is love too. Have you read that? God is love. Love is who God is. So when he's loving us, he's just being who he is. And um, Jesus said the, the the way you'll know his children is by the love that we have for one another. The way you'll know his disciples is by the love that they have for one another, for the brothers. We have to love each other. God is love. And when we walk in love, God abides in us and we abide in him. But he who has don't have love don't know God. And they don't have God because God is love. You see? So it's not just enough to know the Bible verses. We have to operate and walk in love. And we have to walk in forgiveness. So I pray today that the civil civil rivalries, being at odds with your family members. Let me tell you, Proverbs says that where there's conflict, there's pride. Strife. Strife is connected to pride. It's just a battle of the will. Whoever it's not the person that got the last word that's who's determined the winner. It's the person who submitted to Christ and did things his way. The person who says, I'm sorry. The person who says, forgive me, that's the winner. Anybody can be wild and loud, but it takes strength to be meek. Meekness is a strength, not a weakness. It's self-control. When we can not have those outbursts of rage because we took on the offense, because we already know the anger is connected to unforgiveness, because you have to be... It was something that made you angry. You know, the Bible tells us to be angry, but sin not, right? What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, we can hate what God hates. Okay, we're supposed to hate what's evil and cling to what's good. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And when you begin to, the reason we don't, until you learn to hate evil, you will continue to do evil. When we learn reverence for the Lord, the more respect we have for God, the less we'll practice evil. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, even before I became a believer, there I had so much respect for my mom. There are certain things I wouldn't do around her. I wouldn't cuss around her. I wouldn't drink in front of her. Why? 
um, because it was just the level of respect I had for her. It was just certain things I wouldn't do around her. But uh, spiritually speaking, um, we have that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll know that he's always, he's not just around us. Um, but he's in us as we grow more and more God conscious, as we begin to uh, become more and more aware of his presence. So um, remember that as long as you're holding that offense, that you're walking in unforgiveness and pride. Where there's strife, there's pride. Where there's conflict, there's pride. This is not about us. Because anger causes strife and conflict. What what James says, uh, what, what's causing all this quarrel and these fights amongst us? Is it coming because we're not getting what we want? <laughs> so we're fighting, we're fussing, we're cussing. And, and then we didn't even ask God for it. And he still didn't give it to us because we're asking amiss. <laughs> we're asking for selfish reasons so we can squander it on our own selfish pleasures. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. He said, you adulterer. Don't you know to be friends with the world is to be an enemy of God? Why did he call them adulterers? Because the love of the world, it takes you away from the love of God. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. Because when we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. I'm getting ready to get off here. I dropped in simply to say that you're offended because there wasn't an offense. And so you got that fence that's blocking not only them out, and it's not just them you're blocking out. <laughs> you're blocking God out because he says, if you don't, I can't, I won't. And so you're stuck in the story of unforgiveness. You're stuck in the story of woe is me. You're stuck in the story so much so that when the Redeemer came by and said, do you want to be healed? You were so stuck in the story that all you could do is just rehearse the verse. You know what? Let's rehearse God's verse. Not the devil's verse, but let's rehearse God's verse. We will forgive. We will walk in love. We'll be imitators of Christ because we are his children, right? We will do what our fathers say do. We're going to do it not because we feel like it because it doesn't have anything with what we feel. We have to quit seeing ourselves as the victim and start seeing ourselves as victorious in Christ Jesus. It's not woe is me. It's look what they did to my father, my Jesus. Look what Jesus did for me. He died for me so I could live life and I can have life and we can have it more abundantly. You're not the victim. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. So take up your bed and walk and no longer be stuck. Be healed, be whole, be set free. For you no longer have to be stuck in the story because the pain is connected to your past. And every time you tell that story, it festers that pain because that pain is attached to that story. And you relive it over and over and over again. And it feels like it's just happened every time you tell it. And it's been five, 10 years. And you, some of you got family members you don't even talk to because of the offense. Will you tear down the fence? Will you let go of your pride? Because that's what it is. Because when we don't do what God tells us to do, God says to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. There's an offense between you because there has been an offense taken by you. Will you let down the fence? Will you call that person that offended, that who who uh, the devil used or 
Sometimes people offend people, you know, don't even realize it. It's not, you know, and then sometimes it's not really an offense. Sometimes, like I say, it's pride anyways. It's all connected. It's connected to pride. How dare you talk to me like that? How dare us talk to Jesus like that? How dare us treat Jesus like that? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Can you forgive them and let them go so you can grow? Now, I, I think reason people have a hard time forgiving is because they don't understand what it is. You think that when you forgive someone, what you're saying is they didn't do what they did. But that's not what forgiveness is. First of all, like I said, forgiveness is not a choice. It's a command. God is not asking you to forgive. He's telling you to forgive. <laughs> uh, uh, you don't have a, we don't have a choice in the matter. You ever hear people say, well, he's a kid. He don't have a choice. He going to do what I say do. Well, as children of God, we don't have a choice. When he say to do something as obedient children to our heavenly father, that's what we do. We do it not because we feel like it, but we do it because he said it. And as a child, we, we, we uh, obey our father. This is why we call him Abba Father. Are you a child of God? That means something. It's not a religious thing that we say, I'm a child of God. No, that's not what we mean. That's not, it's not religious. I mean, we have a real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not the man upstairs. We see him as our Abba Father. In the same way, if you can show earth, respect to earthly people, surely if we get a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the same way we say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am to people is the same way we can say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am to Jesus. <laughs> so it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. And your father, your Abba father says, you must forgive. Because until you do, until you forgive it, you're going to continue to relive it. And you're not growing from faith to faith. We're not. Because when, with unforgiveness, it's like those roots. Your roots are all tangled together and it can't grow. And you can't grow. Roots that's tangled together can't. It's not going to grow. You're all tangled up on the inside. Because you took on an offense because an imperfect person like yourself, like your sister, your brother, your husband, or whoever, your coworker, whoever. These imperfect people like you offended you and they don't even know most of them don't know because we're not really you know unless you're being taught uh, you know about demons and all this kind of stuff you don't even really know who he is or how he is we have to be able to discern to know when we're operating under the influence of the evil one the Holy Spirit he's in us as born again believers he will convict us He's here to convince us and convict us. Not only that we need a savior, but Jesus said he chastised those that he loved. So when we do something that's contrary to who God is, if we're born again for real, we shall be able to feel that conviction. You should know when you're doing something right and when you're doing something wrong. And when we know when we're doing something wrong, then we need to repent of that. Whether it's towards someone else or just towards God. It could just be a bad attitude. Our motive. We could do something good and our motive not be God. We need to repent of that. How many of you know that God sees everything? He said, man looks at the outside, but you know, I see right through you. I'm looking at your heart. I am looking at the intent of your heart. 
the motive, the motive of your operation. What's your why lie? What lie has the devil told you to make you think you're better than? To make us believe that we're better than Jesus Christ as he is. If we're going to rule with him, we're going to suffer with him. We need to arm ourselves likewise and know that we're going to suffer too. Because when you choose to do the right thing, when you choose to live for Christ, he said, you're going to suffer some persecution. Meekness is not weakness, but meekness is strength. Self-control is strength. God control. When we yield our members to him and we say, Lord, not what I want, not my will, not my way, not my want. Lord, I want what you want. I pray that's your prayer today. I'm getting ready to get off here. Again, you guys, go visit my site, my website, Arthur Pearly Publishing. Publishings.com. No, no, no. Arthur Pearly site.com. And if you guys are coming to my speed dating event, May 28th in Lawton, Oklahoma, it's on a Saturday, you must register to come. So hit that link and uh, register. I need to know who's coming because I'll be coming from Texas. But if you guys don't register, I'm not going to come. So make sure you register. Okay. Um, you guys, again, keep looking for the good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Um, join my podcast. Uh, subscribe to my podcast. Anchor.fm backslash Pearly hyphen Martin 5. Or on Spotify. Arthur Pearly uh, Martin. Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And I'm on uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and a few other places, okay? Google Google Podcasts. Um, you guys keep looking for the good in your day. Thank you for supporting my podcast, okay? You guys keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Please share this Facebook Live post also. Uh, I'm ending it here. You guys are blessed and be encouraged.